0: And then what's happening is people are also realizing that, the chai contains like cardamom, cloves, cinnamon. These are like three wondrous um, spices that have so many health benefits as well. Um, And then they're realizing, and I think there's a general trend towards healthier eating. Mm -hmm. um, And so people are a lot more discerning on what they're eating and what they're drinking. So it's nice and they're realizing how you know from thousands of years ago um like tea drinking um and all of these herbs that you know actually used in ayurveda um Mm. are so so incredible for health and it's all coming back and people are learning about that so i think that's really nice
1: blogging platform and podcast. My name is Anissa and this podcast provides inspirational conversations about topics that matter with people from different walks of life. So people who dare to keep their lives real and share what gives them inspiration in doing that. So stay tuned. In this episode, we will be talking about tea. Not just any type of tea, but specifically the story of the blush pink coloured Kashmiri chai. Joined by London-based Pink Tea Cafe founder and owner Tevesum, we dig into the different layers and depths of chai. She covers so many aspects of its rich history and legacy in the midst of the in-the-west normalised chai latte beverages you are probably familiar with. So. If you get the chance, pour yourself a decent cup of tea at home or to go, and let's get that real conversation started, shall we? Thank you, Therese, for joining and Beautiful. For the listeners, I'm holding a cup of Kashmiri chai. We're going to have a conversation with the founder of Pink Tea Cafe. And Thank you, Anissa. Yes, so happy to have you on the show, and... Um, Can you introduce yourself to the audience?
0: Yeah, so my name is Kubassam. I'm the founder of Pink Tea Cafe. Um, We have uh, our first physical cafe in Mayfair on North Audley Street, uh, located in Mercato Mayfair, which is actually um, this beautiful 18th century church, um, St. Mark's Church. Um, And the reason I really love it because... Um, the features actually resemble a lot of the features that you find in architecture in Kashmir. Oh, wow. And the reason is actually because Alexander the Great or uh-huh. invaded Kashmir at one point and so had an influence on the architecture there. Oh, wow. um, so this church being built in that Greek style, you'll see when you come to the cafe, has these beautiful arches, um, wooden arches, a lot of wooden carvings, um, which are... It's like coincidentally resembled that in Kashmir. Oh,
1: amazing. <laughs> so that's like a full circle, actually. Yes, yeah. As well. yes, so those of you who are keen to visit London, make sure to come to the Pink Tea Café. So um, can you share with us what, did, what inspired you to actually open the Pink Tea? Thing.
0: So actually, um, so I was in investment banking for twelve years. So I'm from Leicester. I moved to London in 2007. I started working in investment banking on the trading floor, um, doing predominantly foreign exchange and fixed income to central banks, sovereign wealth funds. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for uh, about twelve years, wow. and I loved my clients. I never really loved what I was selling, mm-hmm. and I never really loved the the role um, and the products behind it. So. My heart was never truly in it, but I just loved my clients so much. Then there came a point where, you know, I'd join a new bank or a new establishment and they would put the pressure on me to sell to those mm. clients who become very, very good friends of mine. So, you know, I knew at some point I wanted to exit. Um, and when I thought about what I wanted to do, it was always something to do with people because I love to be around people. Mm. And I knew that, you know, the whole client side of it, is what I loved and that was because of the deep relationships and that was the one-to-one relationships um, that I had established Um, and I thought about how I would get that in the future and something as simple and sincere as you know running a cafe is one way you have that Um, so that came in alongside my love for pink tea which I discovered in the Himalayan and also uh, in, in the UK as well absolute obsession with pink tea and a few times when I was at work on the trading floor I was dreaming about oh where can I get a Kashmiri chai pink tea from? <laughs> yeah. um, but in London like there it was nowhere to be found or I, I could go to South Hall mm-hmm. but I'd get a, a little pink tea in a polystyrene cup with a lot of colouring inside. So it wasn't it wasn't what I was Not looking the for. Idea. No,
1: because I remember last year, and this was before we actually met. You had a pop up shop in Notting yes. Hill, and I, I walked past with my South African friend, who has oh, a South East okay. uh, Southeast Asian background. And and then we saw she she saw that you had the Kashmiri chai and she was like so excited she's like oh my god stop I need to walk in I need to get myself and then I think at the time um, (laughs) I think uh, there was no chai left because it was so popular (laughs) (laughs) oh bless I
0: think I remember I think I remember that was a, a pop up that I had for two weeks and it was it was wonderful it was beautiful it was. Um, a really popular place and it was on um, Portobello Road
1: yeah it was exactly it just matched the whole vibe with all the colored houses but then what I remember is that it looked like a serious thing it looked like we walked into a lab although much nicer and we didn't have like a (laughs) white suit and gloves and all of that but one of the things that um, I read that you described is that um, basically the signature drink of the Kashmiri chai is described as both a science and an art. Yes, um, it is. So why why yeah. would you describe it like that?
0: So, okay, so you can, you can get the science first and you can follow the recipe, but then to actually make it right, get the right colour, the t- consistency and the flavour, that's the art part. So it's mm-hmm. two together. So the science comes in because... Um, it's a green tea leaf that you use which is rolled into tight pellets so it retains a lot of the chlorophyll and um, there is actually a chemical reaction that takes place with the oh. pink Himalayan salt that you add in the tea mm. and when you brew it for two hours um, and then that produces a very dark red colour. So over the two hours you've also added cardamom, cinnamon and star anise and it reduces down, you need to reduce it down and then it becomes like a thick red liquor which um, has... I think I'm seeing that now in my cup. It's a dark dark crimson red color. Uh, And then that's your Kashmiri chai base. Um, And in Kashmir, they actually drink it salty. So they'll add milk afterwards, or they'll actually add some like thick kind of yogurt butter, and it's um, a salty drink. Um, But in Pakistan, we like to add and make everything a little bit sweet, so we add sugar (laughs) as well. So once you've got the base, you add the the milk, and it lightens to pink, Mm -hmm. to this beautiful blush-colored pink. And, um, and then you add a bit of sugar as well. So you've got like the sweet and salty flavor. So you've, you've got the science part and then the, the artistic part of it as well comes in where you need to recognize the color and you need to do this whole aerating process where you're lifting the teeth with a big ladle mm-hmm. from heights above the pot so you've got oh, wow. this beautiful kind of um, spectacle show as well, <laughs> and um, and that is actually it's a key part of the process because it's cooling down the tea, it's bringing air in, mm. and I feel like that is the crucial part. If I if if I don't do that, then the, it won't be as dark red, um, and nor will the colour last um, mm. very long. So um, yeah, there's there's the. The two, two bits together. Yeah,
1: so you already mm-hmm. mentioned, you said, this is how they drink it in Kashmir, mm. this is how they drink it in Pakistan. Um, so I wonder, what reactions have you received from from the South Asian diaspora?
0: Yeah, so the South Asian, uh, I think, it's, it's always a massive compliment when they... They see the Kashmiri chai and they're like, "Wow!" Like, so you put a little bit of coloring in, right? And I'm like, "No, nothing." <laughs> so that 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 always makes me happy. The reaction on the actual taste as well. I think because it's such a takes so much time and skill to make mm-hmm. that you don't find it that often in places, especially not in Central London, uh, where they're making it from scratch and not using a powder or not using coloring. Mm-hmm. So I think that's um, it's always a pleasure because people really are appreciating the authentic uh, taste. Um, the creaminess and then it's sprinkled with pistachio that's a key part of the yeah um, I, just, afterwards. I just had some pistachio <laughs> so you have that little nutty crunch after yeah. and that's the, the really you know that's what made um, me quite obsessed with this drink mm-hmm. um, and yeah that was kind of when I had decided you know years ago actually that one day I want to open a pink tea cafe in London and, and I set up the company years ago but I was too scared to leave banking and I didn't do anything for years um, wow. until um, 2020 so
1: so hold on so so let's pause there so you have set up the company for years yes and then there's a massive pandemic and then you decide to actually leave <laughs> your company, leave a job and, and start pursuing yeah so a business I think you How know, did to go? <laughs>
0: I think it's actually life events um, mm-hmm. that made me think that life is too short to be doing something that you're not passionate about for so many hours of the week. And I'm the kind of person who needs to have that mental stimulation and I need to be active mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, I knew I need to be doing something. Um, and I thought, if I'm not going to start this Pink Tea Cafe now, when, when will I? So, you know, I first had the idea and my notes go back to 2014, wow. discussions go back to 2014. Then I set up Pink Tea Capital actually in 2016, registered it as a company and then it was actually in 2020 that I said right I'm going to start working on it now Uh, but then the pandemic came a few Mm. months later but so I'd already started just before Um, so um, you know I was looking for a physical space even throughout that time in 2020 but it was very difficult most everything was closed as Mm. you know and it was also very difficult to get a space as a first timer Mm. Um, so that was difficult so then I thought okay I've got to do something else so I tried out some markets. That's when I thought, okay, let me do it on a smaller level, let me do some pop-up shops first. Um and then we secured our first physical space here just a few uh few months ago yeah. now. Yeah
1: and it's it's amazing. I love the cushions on the floor. you yes. really feel like you're in you are on holiday when oh, you walk in. Oh
0: thank you. I, <laughs> I mean that's the feeling that we want to give because Pink Tea Cafe um our mission is to bring joy, inspiration and a moment of magic. And it's all about, Chai is generally all about um, fostering deep conversations and deep and meaningful engagements. Mm. And there is something else that happens, um, I feel, to the energy of a person and um, to conversations when you're sat having them on the floor mm. compared to one table and chairs. Yeah. I so know. I love floor seating and, you know, if, what we want to do uh, is to have for example, we've got this event tonight, um, which is a chai and poetry night, um, which is um, really something that we want to do on a regular basis. Uh, we also do chai chats with, with people and trying to understand why they do what they do and have a meaningful in- conversation around their life journey. And um, I want to do kawali nights, and kawali nights are always on the floor, so the floor <laughs> really? seating is a key part of it.
1: Yeah. So, so dipping into the chai chats, what are these about?
0: So, um, the Chai Chats, I've done a few so far, starting just on Instagram before the cafe, um, and I like to basically have a deep conversation about somebody who's doing something very interesting in their life. Um, it could, could be anything, so, for example, one I had last year was with uh, a lady called Alia Khan, who's Uh, the chairwoman of um, the Islamic Fashion and Design Council Um, and then recently I did one in in the actual cafe with David Bell who's the founder of uh, the luxury shoe brand Pretty Ballerinas Um, and it's not just to talk to them about their career or their, their career journey it's finding that thing that compels them to, mm. to go that down that route um, and find it because there's always like a why behind it. Mm. And then getting deep into that is what, what I like to do and that's the heart of what the chai chat is.
1: So it's more like connecting with the purpose. Yes. And enjoying your chai. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's all over chai, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So um, what I wonder also is how do you... Um, Um, How do you make sure, or do you actually? I I don't know. That's a question. um, To sort of celebrate your heritage and your culture in an environment where there's lots of westernized way of preparing chai if that makes sense mm. you already mentioned the powders and the sort of quick fix chais yes um, yeah. so this is a
0: nice um bit of education for people because all the time we're getting people coming and saying oh have you got the chai like the the chai latte at the starbucks <laughs> yeah. and i'm like um well l- let me give you a little try and i'll give them a sample and then i'm telling them exactly how i'm making it and t- showing them that it's not a powder This this whole organic tea these are you know cardamom pods um and it's cinnamon whole cinnamon so it's whole natural ingredients that we're putting in always using organic um uh, in our tea bases as well so um it's nice to give them that education on 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 the whole thing and i think one of the best things is is that our biggest market's actually um because of the location are non-asians so when mm. they come and we have their reaction that's beautiful as well because they're like they're fascinated especially by the kashmiri chai because they would have had perhaps like the masala chai at other places but the Kashmiri pink tea is unique so they have, they have sometimes they're like oh my god what is this like because it's got that salty and that sweetness yeah. and, um, and it's the like, colour as well yeah the colour as well lovely. yes yeah. and so that it's like nothing like they've ever tried before so um, and that that's really really beautiful so that makes them inquisitive and that gives you a whole conversation um, and uh, and that's where you know you. Whether it's me or any of my staff, I'm always telling them to engage in those conversations and share with them like the whole journey of chai, um, because it is a mix of cultures, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, just a little bit of history. Um, so it was actually back in the eighteen in 1829, um, the British didn't want Chinese to have a monopoly on tea. Because it was Chinese, it was mostly only the Chinese were basically um, tea drinkers and exporting tea. So um, they took some tea plant, uh, tea, tea seeds from China, uh, tried to plant them in India, and they tried to cultivate tea. Um, it didn't work. But then a few years later, they found an indigenous plant in the region of Assam. So then they started cultivating tea, mm-hmm. and then they started exporting it to London. Um, uh, so this is the time of British India. And then after that point, um, they realized that they need to actually increase the consumption of tea drinking amongst Indians. So in 1906, the Indian Tea Association was formed, and they made mandatory tea breaks at all the railway stations for the Indian workers to have... uh, Is that
1: also where tea time comes from, or uh, does that have another
0: origin? I think tea time might be different, but this was a mandatory tea rest break that was made and they had to drink tea in those rest wow. breaks. Um, but what the Indians started doing is throwing in their spices and masalas. And that's how chai was Literally formed.
1: Literally spicing it up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> spicing it
0: up. Cooking it on like, you know, a little gas fire. <laughs> yeah. so fire. Setting it exactly. flavor. And that's the formation of chai. Oh, so wow. it, is, it is, you know, that whole uh, British and... Um, Indian mix,
1: yeah. Oh wow, And mix. how, when you talk about, um, for example, the, the the suppliers you have a relationship with, uh, and everything that you use to be able to make the, the chai. Mm. How um, how would you des- how would you describe their education on everything you just mentioned, for example, versus what we just said about. Just having a powder, just throwing it in, having some yeah. some oat milk and some maybe some coffee to make it dirty, and that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so actually, um, the beautiful part is, is like um, you know we're like the tea chefs here. So we're just getting the individual ingredients from different places and different suppliers Mm -hmm. um, and and then putting all together ourselves. So we are we are like the the tea chef. So they actually don't know a lot about what we're doing on our side. I I do tell them like. So, for example, um, you know, recently I was uh, given a different type of oat milk. So we have a vegan version of our pink tea. And I didn't like the new version of the, the oat milk that they sent as a replacement. So I had to have a conversation with them and I had to explain to them, look, this the, the, color, the beauty of my chai is also in the color. Mm. And um, I ordered this one. So you can't send a replacement because that specific um, oat milk that I normally buy has a foamy, uh, whiter texture. Mm. So it brings out the color and the creaminess much better. Yeah. So it's nice because, yeah, we're, you know educating the suppliers on this new thing as well and they're realizing as well okay it's not just a regular tea house it's it's something else it's chai Um, and also um, the education around we're, we're not just a place where you know we put the kettle on we're making chai on the hob fresh on display in the authentic way.
1: I wonder is how do you reflect very specifically, because I've I've asked that in different ways, but I'm also curious, you as as an individual um, uh, brown woman in the UK, um, with all the context you just gave on British India and the history and how the tea, how the chai came about, how do you reflect on the westernization of the chai? And then people call it tea for like tea, tea. <laughs> That's right,
0: that's exactly what it is. That means tea tea. It's really funny. Um, so, yeah, I think um, I love it because people are, it's made people inquisitive about chai. Um, and then what's happening is people are also realizing that, okay, the chai contains like cardamom, cloves, cinnamon. These are like three wondrous. Um, Spices that have so many health benefits as well. Um, and then they're realizing, and I think there's a general trend towards healthier eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are a lot more discerning on what they're eating and what they're drinking. So it's nice. And they're realizing how, you know, from thousands of years ago, um, like tea drinking um, and all of these herbs that, you know, actually used in Ayurveda mm-hmm. um, are so so incredible for health and it's all coming back and people are learning about that so i think that's really nice um and then they're realizing the difference between the chai lattes that they're getting at starbucks versus the the authentic chai here um and i think that's what i really love and and they notice the taste people Mm -hmm. you know really notice the taste difference um we also you know we could we do um iced Versions of the chai as well. Oh, that's good to
1: know.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's been really popular in the summer. So you know, people are realizing, okay, they can get this in all of their westernized forms as well, mm. um, and that's what's really good. And we also do a pink affogato, which is our take on the affogato. So it's basically.
1: Um, what kind of communities have you been able to build or bring together through the events that you
0: organize? Like the the people who work and live in the area coming in, doing a yoga session in in the crypt space, um, and then coming up and we've done like a a chai ceremony. And what the chai ceremony entails is having um, Kashmiri chai and a barota and talking um, a little bit about our experiences and uh, we have a poetry uh, recitation there as well. Oh, um, so that's been really lovely. And I'm also looking to um, partner with another organisation, a London-based um, fintech, soon. And we're going to do uh, something for um, actually for mothers, where we're going to host um, in the cafe uh, like a uh, probably a, a monthly event um, where we can talk about. Um, basic things like budgeting, financials, um, and helping their mothers, um, especially mothers from the Asian background, mm. get together and learn more about um, the whole financial thing. So mm. this is with a with a London-based fintech, wow. um, so we'll be hosting them, so that'll be a really nice event as well. But
1: that sounds also like a full circle, because your 12 years mm. of banking then kind of yes. also gets into, into yes. Use.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. That. That's definitely. But then not
1: with the pressure and the environment. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, true. Wow. That yeah, so I'm really great. looking
0: forward to that as well. I think yeah. that would be really nice. And you know, within my network as well, I would love to bring in speakers for that and uh, and basically be able to give back there. So that would be really nice, inshallah.
1: I was going to ask you what do you have? What are you looking forward to in the future on the the, the pink uh, tea cafe? But you already mentioned a few things. But is yes. there anything in, is it very significant that you are like? Wow, mm-hmm. this is my
0: aspiration I want to go there. Yes, it's a Kuali night. I'm really looking forward to that and regular uh Kuali nights or at least for like Eid, um Diwali and celebrations. Mm-hmm. So um that that's like a big aspiration because um I feel like Kuali, um the the poetry, the you know the whole um the whole concept of it and with chai and um, with that environment is it will be so unique in Central London. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, definitely my my next big uh, and, and big for aim. the
1: listeners who are not familiar with it, what what is how would you describe Kowali?
0: Um, so Kowali, I would describe as <laughs> um, um, so Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. He's mm. he's a good example. If you know Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, uh, you will know Kowali, and um, Kowali um, they have a lot of. Um, Floor instruments, the harmonium, is one of the significant instruments in Kuali And what is sung is actually a lot of old um, Sufi um, uh, poetry, actually, is is actually being sung in Kuali And it's designed to really uh, make you think think in a very deep way. Um, It could be actually love-related, actually also uh, love for god and um it's designed to basically get you really it's a very beautiful way to escape um, because the words and the depth and then the music all together and it's on the floor they sit on the floor the musical instruments are all floor-based and you're on the floor with them and you're you're basically on all on one level and it's um it's a very engaging and invigorating experience yeah. if you've ever been is to Lagos. Like like very,
1: a very spiritual as well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> traditional Kuali.
0: It's amazing. Oh,
1: nice. Amazing. So um, then, of course, a very important question. like, um, What is your go-to favorite chai? Um,
0: it's the Kashmiri Chai tea. <laughs> of course. Tea. But actually, in the mornings, <laughs> mm-hmm. I like um, a good Desi chai. Okay. because um, What's Kashm- the Kashmiri chai is made with green tea. Yeah and desi chai like the regular masala chai uh, you make that with black tea oh, so awesome. it's um it's a it's, a, it's got a higher caffeine content as well okay. so it's, it's punchy it's good for the morning <laughs> <laughs> so nice. yeah different times of the day yeah and i've got used to drinking my um, organic turmeric revive in the evening which is a caffeine free tea mm-hmm. um and it has cocoa shells uh and it's just it's beautiful so oh, i wow. drink that without milk in the evenings and that's also lovely. so there's tea for different times of the day
1: yeah <laughs> Wow, amazing. I need to step up my tea game because <laughs> I, I'm known for being a tea drinker. I, so often I would get tea bags and or like teapots as a uh-huh. gift. Uh-huh. But All that I'm hearing now, I'm like, well, I'm not really <laughs> sure I need to step it up.
0: <laughs> it's all about loose leaf tea as well.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's a actually a good point because I, I usually, when I have guests over, I make Moroccan mint tea. Oh, lovely. Oh, but what most people don't know is the base of the Moroccan mint tea is actually Chinese gunpowder tea. Okay.
0: Gunpowder. Oh, I did hear about that, actually. Yeah. Yes. And then
1: people are like, what? But is it yeah. Chinese tea? You know, it's like well, it, it, it's, it's a green tea. Green yes, tea. exactly. Yeah. And you can yeah. brew the leaves and boil them and stuff yes. like that the best temperature and all all yeah. of that it oh, just doesn't lovely. take two hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know the kashmiri mm. takes much longer but um yeah there is also a little bit of a science in a Yeah, of <laughs> maybe i'm doing it wrong for the listeners who do take up two hours to make Mor- proper morocco <laughs> minty please drop me a message because <laughs> that means that all this time i've i've done it wrong um so yeah so moving into um into sort of getting inspiration from you um, and wrapping up. What piece of wisdom inspires you and why?
0: Um, I love that question because uh, I always love to share and I also always love to, to hear. So I'd love to listen, uh, hear yours as well after. <laughs> um, so for me, I love this quote by um, Ali ibn Talib and it's um, life consists of two days. One is for you and one is against you. So when it oh, is wow. for you, um don't be proud and reckless and when it's against you be patient for both days are a test for you and i and i love that because um it always keeps you in balance and you you know you've just got to you know if you live by that i think it's very powerful so i love that oh wow yeah
1: that's amazing mine Um. is actually a little bit similar though um Recently, like I think it depends on the time and the, like the mood you're in, and all of that. But recently, I was more um, in the mood of actually, um, you need rain to be able to enjoy that flower,
0: oh, you know? Yes, so yes. it's like
1: that's also about the balance. Yeah, like it, is, bold. it
0: is, it and, is, and also not expecting life to be so perfect all the time mm. because then it's not life, and then what would we strive towards, and yeah. what would pull us towards God? you know yeah. so
1: yeah exactly it's a very spiritual one as well yeah. yeah definitely yes oh nice that's a good one I'm gonna remember the one that you mentioned so um, this one is more th- th- this question I always ask because I started my podcast uh, in the middle of lockdown because as everyone around the world Aww. everyone started listening to more podcasts <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this this was I really like as a daydream uh, question but nowadays we can travel we have less restrictions So yeah. I'm gonna ask it anyway so what travel destination are you daydreaming
0: of these days? Um yeah, and especially in the last two years, um, Japan.
1: Oh wow. Yeah Why Japan?
0: <laughs> I've been wanting to go to Japan for so many years, um, especially around the cherry blossom season. Oh yeah. Um I think um there's just I love going to places where I will be moved because it's such a contrast to what I know. Mm-hmm. So I've done a lot of South Asia, I've done a lot of um other parts of the world but I haven't really ventured um to much to the far east and and Japan I think I would have really that contrast that I'm looking for which invigorates you and makes you it really you know in enlivens you to think mm-hmm. um and wonder and and that's what I love to get from traveling amazing
1: yeah well, that's yeah. the point also right oh, yes like that. yeah Tokyo is also on my list but for some reason, I, I I don't know. It's it's a little bit like faded away because I, now I just feel like I need sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. But we'll see. So um, and then closer to home, um, or maybe in your in your cafe actually, um, what book do you have on your bookshelf, and would you recommend, and why?
0: So um, I really love um, the power of now,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: written by Carl Telle. Have you read it?
1: Yeah, I have it in my bookshelf. But I haven't read
0: oh, it yet. Oh, read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason I love it is because um, so firstly, I like I can relate to it because the author references um, to God a lot, so I can relate mm-hmm. to it. But what he actually gives is practical ways in which you can exercise your mind which I believe makes it very healthy so you're not uh, dwelling in the past and you're not overly thinking about things in the future and you're just being in the here and now Mm -hmm. and absorbing and connecting with your senses and um, you know whether that's when I leave this cafe and I'm walking to um, the bus stop that I take to go home like rather than thinking about what I need to do tonight or what's just happened I should just be in that walk, smell what's around me, see what's around me. I mean, I'm going to go past Zara. I need to be alert and in the senses. And when you do that and you're you're in the moment, mm-hmm. so many things open up um, mm-hmm. more than you can imagine. And, and I think that's where you see the beauty of God and nature. Um, and I think, you know, we're we're generally accustomed to be in our minds too much. And we're, we're, you know, forced to do that because of technology and social media and phones so I think um, practicing a lot of the kind of little tips and tricks that he gives in this book, um, I think is really powerful. So I, l- I love that book a lot.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Well, you definitely mm-hmm. sold that to me. it's behind <laughs> me. I have a bookshelf. <laughs> should definitely start yeah. that.
0: Yeah, And let me know, uh, wait, once yeah. you've really absorbed it, let me know if you'll yeah, we'll find have some a, we'll quite have magical a things that will on your carpet. <laughs> then I'll, I'll give you some...
1: Insights. So, yeah, the thing is, whatever, everything you said on the book, um, I yeah, I really resonate with that as well. Sometimes it goes in, in phases. That sometimes I'm on I'm on my bike and then I all of a sudden look up. I look mm. up, like I see the top of a building that I've never noticed before yes. because I always look down. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I look in my phone or I look just like my height, but I don't look up. Yeah.
0: Or even if you're looking up, you might be thinking about something else. Yeah,
1: for example. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also looking up at the trees and seeing the branches mm. and all of that stuff, especially when it blossoms of course. Yes. So that's yeah, actually a good one.
0: Nice. Yes, yeah. thanks for reminding me. Yeah, of that. I, I love yeah. <laughs> the listeners. I love
1: that. So nice. Uh, it was such a pleasure to be here in your beautiful cafe. Um, maybe you can also just mention to the audience where they can find more information. So yes. When people are in London or those of you who are based in London to come uh, and pay a visit.
0: Yeah, so you can follow our social media, which is um, at Pink Tea Cafe. Pink, and then T as in the T-E-A cafe <laughs> and um, www.pinkteacafé.com you can find us in Mercato Mayfair, North Audley Street um, and if you come and you've um, you heard about it through the podcast please come and find me and let me know nice. um, if I'm not there then send me a message and yeah I, I really look forward to, to meeting all the listeners and Anissa this has been really honestly firstly it's an honour that you asked me to do this and, <laughs> Uh, and I'm glad it finally happened as well and it's lovely to see you
1: likewise thank you so much and thank you for sharing and also educating us on, on everything chai. thank you, <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you for tuning in and I would appreciate your thoughts feedback and or episode inspiration at brownbrainybeautiful.com or on Instagram take care